0: Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at INTP's top 250 movies of all time. I'm Darren. I'm Andrew. I'm Grace. And this week, we're taking a look at the 1952 musical classic, Singing in the Rain, starring Gene Kelly, Debbie Reynolds, and Donald O'Connor. Oh, yes. Um, it's the currently the 92nd best movie of all time, um, and it's known, it's regarded as one of the best musicals ever made. It topped the AFI's list, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ranked as their fifth favorite movie of all time. It's commonly regarded as a classic of a genre. So what do we make of it?
1: It's it's the top, it's, it's one of the top five movies to watch when when hung over <laughs> or at all ever um the, andrew the, is the, not
2: speaking from experience
1: while holding
0: a smirnoff bottle in his
1: no, hands no 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 Absolutely not. <laughs> not. sorry no, you're putting me on blast here the, all of these the,
2: hosts are 100
1: this <laughs> this is this is post christmas party um work christmas as we've established is, is um is as a sacred holiday. holiday yeah exactly
0: um and andrew is currently recovering and he didn't know what we are going to watch today. Yeah,
1: the, 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 um, this podcast, I think, paints me in, 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 in a light that's perhaps inaccurate. We do record on, on uh, often on Saturday or Sunday morning. So it's, it's yes, yeah. It, I, I don't have a problem. You have a problem.
0: <laughs> Getting up there, imposing your social norms upon you. So, Andrew, what is it about Singing in the Rain that makes it a perfect movie to watch while maybe not at the top of your faculties?
1: Oh, It's delightful. I feel like Grace will agree. I mean, I
2: mean, you I mean, like vaguely, accusingly. Well, <laughs> well, no, I, no, I, no, I think Andrew's
0: is trying you. to take focus off him. Actually, so right. so uh, Grace, exactly. what is it? About, what is it about singing in the rain that makes it such a joyous film to watch? while maybe not at the top of your faculties.
2: Well, speaking of someone who is at the top of their faculties, um, I just think it's lovely. And, like, I think that's no mean feat coming from me, because I'm not really a big fan of musicals in general, but I really love this one. I think it just, it has a really infectious sense of fun and life, and the the really knowing way it sends up a lot of aspects of Hollywood, too, is, um, I think that gives it an extra charm if you're really into movies and you know a little bit about that, so... And but, everyone in it, obviously, sublime and wonderful and magnetic.
0: It is, because it's, it's a film that doesn't necessarily have a lot of plot going on. It doesn't necessarily have a tightly constructed story. It doesn't necessarily have a lot of internal logic to it. In fact, it was famously written in the way that a lot of the, um, a lot of the musicals around this time were written, which was, you take a composer's songbook, and basically yeah. you fashion a film or a narrative around that. So, for example, around the same time, I believe Gene Kelly was doing Gershwin's An American in Paris, which served a similar function. In fact, it was it was more highly regarded because Gershwin was regarded as sort of a, a high-caliber, sort of prestigious, sort of artsy composer. Yeah. What you do is you would fashion a number of songs uh, from a songbook dating back to, in this case, the 20s, um, and basically structure a movie around them. Because Arthur Freed...
1: A juking box musical.
0: <laughs> if you will. Uh, but that, that's why there's so much emphasis on on vaudeville, and that's why it's set in the 1920s as well in 1927, um, sometime around March 1927, It's because the original concept for the film came from Arthur Freed, who'd written a lot of these old uh, musical numbers um, and basically had decided that he wanted his own showcase musical. And basically sat the two writers down and said, you're making a movie called Singing in the Rain. They're like, what's it about? He's like, I don't know. You're just going to include my songs in it.
1: We're gonna have numbers, and we're gonna have dames. Yeah, well, (laughs) well, that's it. (laughs) Lots of hoofers.
0: Well, that's it. Well, that's that's literally what the writer said when they sat down and got talking to another. It's like, so okay, so what do we know about the movie? One, it's gonna have singing in it. Two, it's gonna have rain in it. And just take it. A lot of dramatic irony. Dancing too. (laughs) Possibly. uh, uh,
1: Yeah, it's like, what are we gonna make this movie about? Let's make
3: it about this. Well, yeah, it's
0: yeah. it's funny you should mention this because it, it is a movie. It's about the transition from silent movies to talkies. In fact, like yeah. the arrival of the jazz singers, a major plot. Movies about, uh, about that. Well, I mean, the artist comes to mind more most mm. recently. Like it's a the the thing about seeing the rain is it is one of those great movies, Hollywood movies about Hollywood movies. Um, but it's actually it's one that I think works surprisingly well because it's so shameless, perhaps mm-hmm. about
3: it. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's very fluffy, but it's very funny and it's it's um like like i say it's a it's 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 a joyous movie it doesn't really kind of take you on a difficult journey um, <laughs> at all it, it 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 kind of just wraps its arms around you and says it's okay
0: gives you a comforting some fun yeah. yeah well it is because it is it is a movie that is basically sheer fluff in in celluloid form like it's It's an interesting film because when it was released, it wasn't regarded as a classic. It wasn't regarded as an instant hit or success. It was one of the top ten grossing films of the year, but it didn't get a Best Picture nomination. It lost out to a movie we're probably going to refer to quite a bit in this, which is obviously An American in Paris, which was regarded as a heftier, weightier, more important fare. But this is obviously, this has aged a lot better. Um, Mm. and, And one of the issues with it was that it was regarded as too fluffy and too light and too silly. And I think that that's part of what makes it so lovable now. Is yeah, that I mean,
1: it definitely is all those things.
2: Yeah, yeah well, I mean, I don't know. I think there, there is fluffiness to it, and it's it's lighthearted, definitely. But it also has a certain, I don't know, the, the way it depicts Hollywood and just the ridiculousness of it sometimes, and the way people come up with ideas on the fly, and they're like, right, this is what we're going to do, and, and that kind of thing. Like It's, it's like it acknowledges how... how how things work behind the scene and that there's no kind of not necessarily a grand plan or anything but sometimes people just make stuff up and roll with it and it inexplicably works
0: well I mean there's there's a yeah in this film for example they rewrite a period drama as a musical in the space of six weeks yeah in the
2: space of an afternoon really they're like right it falls in his head and he has a dream and that's how we do it and that's that and everyone just rolls with
1: it yeah hey hey, everybody have you seen that episode of MacGyver where (laughs) geranium drops in a (laughs) scent? We'll do it just like
0: that. Well, it's funny you should mention that actually when you talk about the influence of this on, on '90s television or '80s television. You know the street set where Gene Kelly did his dancing in the rain bit or singing in the rain bit. Yes, that's actually the street set that was used in Seinfeld. Oh
1: wow! Yeah, the, the set yeah, still looks, stands. Yeah, wow! it's Which, up less milk.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's actually an urban urban legend. Um, they oh, did. it
1: because I was I, I, that was going to bother me about this movie?
0: what's food waste? <laughs> yeah,
1: I was going to I was going to hope that there was some kind of sluice. <laughs> where it was going into a big like bucket of slop, uh, so that they pigs. could
0: so I yeah. say so they could serve it up with the tea the following day exactly. It, this tea is very watery. It, every
1: every edit point, is like okay, collect the, collect <laughs> collect the milk put it back in that in, in, in the rain in, in that
2: reservoir
0: of a okay. I have not seen <laughs> okay oh no the, the common urban there's a lot of urban legends around Singing in the Rain because it's a movie about Hollywood that is, is roundly loved and adored and so you have all these stories that cropped up about it like we'll probably talk about a couple of them later on but the one that Andrew specifically referencing is the rumour that when they were shooting the scene where Gene it's Kelly was dancing rumor. It's a vicious, yeah, against by spread by the the dairy committee of America, but the idea was that, what, it,
1: like high on the food pyramid, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, trying to trying to get the sort of promotion. I'm sorry, there. low on the food
1: pyramid, <laughs> isn't that where you want to be? Yeah.
0: you want to be at the base, yeah, because yeah. that means you're getting five square a day. But the argument was that when they were shooting the scene, um, you couldn't see the rain because rain doesn't show up on, on film. Mm-hmm. This is one of those great Hollywood stories. Like if you want a cow, you have to sell it to have a bunch of cats together. So the, the the rumor is that in order to figure out how to make the rain appear on screen what they did was they mixed it with milk Mm -hmm. and that gave it like that made it actually sort of shine and gave it a bit of a white sheen which was visible on screen that's an urban legend apparently what they actually did was they backlit it and they may or may not have used ink um, as well to give it a bit of a kind of a contrast there as that's well.
2: much nicer than milk I was just thinking that sounds yeah. disgusting well keep in mind that they,
0: they also filmed it over three days as well so you imagine Good. the milk yeah there we go the milk would start to and there are all the lights <laughs> yeah. going off
3: Yeah, that's, that's
0: wild well, while they were filming at Gene Kelly's uh, I feel like this is just going to be a, an assemblage of random facts about singing in the rain because there's no real plot or function to it no there's
1: no need really for like probably our, our our normal structure although we can we, yeah we'll, we'll we probably we, we can shoehorn
0: <laughs> that awkwardly in where that we dog The structure uh, yeah but um his tweed his jacket while he was shooting that scene it shrunk uh in the rain ah. yeah um again that's I another
2: thought they made clothes like well back in the day <laughs> and they didn't shrink or shrivel off but, you know because they were made from quality materials and they were tailored but no well,
0: again, like you're putting it your wasn't, on...
1: He, wasn't, he definitely wasn't swelling in the rain. Like, <laughs> yeah. he wasn't kind of like-
0: Andrew's speaking on behalf of the costumers of America here. was um, very
2: Truman Taylor. Yes, There's yeah, no swelling yeah. anywhere. He was
1: just <laughs> soaking up all that rain. And, like, kind of
0: like- this is. He was so desperate to rent food wastage from the milk that he'd heard was being mixed with the rain that he was actively swelling.
1: He was, he was just pruning yeah. and becoming grotesque. And they were like, get some someone in... Pull some clothes pegs around his neck to get
2: his face
1: This tight. is a serious film. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, this is um, yes. One
0: one of our guests here. I like that Andrew did all the research of this podcast. <laughs> I feel like it's taking a lot of the burden off me, and we'll just accept all this at face value. But I mean, okay, so before we sort of jump into talking about the film with, with spoilers, just no holds bars or anything like that, do you guys think that this is one of the best movies ever made? Do you think it's one of the be- top 250 movies uh, ever made, and would it be on your personal lists? So, Grace.
2: Um, I suppose, like, it's. A- I don't know. There are certain films that you can say are, are like de- definitively among the best ever made. I don't know if I'd put... Well, no, actually, never mind. i just <laughs> thinking about like the state of the list and some of the films that are on <laughs> it. So, yeah, this is what I always come back to with this. This, with is, this, this is the help
0: threshold. Films. It's like, is it better than the help or the imitation game? If so, it deserves to it get on the list. It deserves
1: to be on the list. <laughs> and, and often the answer is... No, because the indignity of being on this list with some of yeah. the movies yeah. that
2: are But of, one thing yeah. we can say about this is that because it's an old movie and it's um, aged well and it's endured over the years at least we can say like it has established itself as a classic that's fondly remembered that a lot of people feel very strongly about compared to you know the several films on this list that are from like 2014 or, or you know very recent. I was about your, to say like, as
0: a compared to like 2017. Like, or yeah. even that. Yeah, yeah there was as somebody I think on the internet has pointed out our podcast is basically a Modern movie podcast mm. with occasional retro yeah. episodes. Well, uh, of which wait, one you're listening to?
2: Wait until we were gone with the wind one. <laughs> wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, they're nudge. It will just be me talking for four hours.
1: Exactly. The, <laughs> the, I mean, um, we we have taken on board some 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 of the things that our listeners have said. Um, and we're going to stop doing the podcast. because <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. <laughs> nobody likes it. No. Yeah,
0: yeah. The, the feedback that we took on board was that people had a lot of complaints. So yeah. we decided we'd stop doing this.
1: The main problem we had is how much it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you make
0: it suck less? And yeah. we had some. We went back and we we took it to the, the idea as well. And we basically said, yeah, we can make it suck less by s- not making it anymore. Less hosts, yeah. more guests. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, but um, I no. I come so,
2: across another podcast recently where they were like, "Oh, well, people were complaining that we go off in tangents, and if you don't like tangents, don't listen to this podcast." <laughs> that was literally their response, and I was like, "That's nice, lovely." I find,
0: <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like yeah, that person's never worked in customer service. Yeah.
2: I mean, the, the key thing to do is the podcast will remain nameless. Is, but yes, <laughs> is
0: to pretend to listen to the customer feedback and then just ignore it. People well, just want to be acknowledged. When, Listeners we're acknowledging you.
1: When people complain that we go off on tangents, I feel like what we've done what what we're doing is working because people don't even realize that this is all scripted.
3: Yeah.
0: It's, we're all
2: reading from a script.
0: Yeah, we are indeed. In fact, this is actually there's only one person in the studio right now and I, I'm just very good with voices. It's I just mean Darren
2: throwing his voice. Yeah, I mean like my, my
0: Andrew is just perfect. It's like, too close to the truth. See what I mean? Um, my Andrew is just perfect. My Grace needs a bit more work, I think, though. But, so, Grace, personally, though, does this does this movie sort of, like... Would this be on your top 250?
2: Yeah, I think I could probably include it in my top 250. Because as well as that, it's... Um, I don't know, like, you know when you look back at, at certain films from, from back in the day, like the golden era stuff, so to speak, and you just see how in many ways, how simple they are, you know, like, there's, like, we've talked a lot already about how this film is is quite fluffy and disposable, or comes across that way, and yet there's such a joy in making films like that, and it's very rare to come across films like that these days, to just have something delight in its, I don't know, fluffiness or something, so, um, yeah, I think including films like this on the top 250 is good for that reason, because something else we probably talked about at some stage is the, you know, a lot of grim, dark films, and, and, um, You know, people feeling like they need to make films like that to be taken seriously and for them to be considered great. But with something like this, I think it's a sign that it can just be colorful and light and enjoyable and it doesn't necessarily need to have a great deal of plot to be remembered and and enjoyed and so on.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's a fair point actually because I think that. There's a tendency in modern film discussion and modern criticism to talk about film as nothing but plot. And, I, and, you, and you see it in terms of like this obsession the internet has with plot holes, for example, in, in picking plot holes and blockbusters. Mm. Uh, you see it, for example, in sort of this obsession with fidelity and faithfulness to source material and stuff like that, which right. is a lot more prevalent now than it would have been 10, 15 years ago. I think that there is something to be said for the lost art of just accepting that narrative is one facet of a movie and that you can have a movie that is very light on plot, and in fact, where plot doesn't exist, Koyaanisqatsi comes to mind, and it can still be beautiful and striking I, and amazing.
1: I I, I wouldn't accept Koyaanisqatsi as as, as 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 an example because I, I I I feel like it 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 has a very kind of clear message. Oh, it does, but it yeah. doesn't
0: have a narrative. It's a collection of images strung together. Well, with it, it.
1: it's a trilogy. So it's, it's 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 making a point in each movie. Mean, anyway, sorry, we're not talking about Guyana Scotty, I guess. no Scotty, that's not one of the numbers in this song. <laughs> I uh, feel like I would love to see i dance to that.
0: Yeah, I'd love to see Gene Kelly's chore- uh, choreography for that one. Uh, what about yourself, Andrew? Is like Sing in the Rain? Is it one of your favorite movies? Yes,
1: absolutely. Um, I I've, I've I've seen this a few times before, and um, it always delights me. And it's I guess the first time watching it, it struck me how kind of um um how well it um it stands up that that there is and 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 the f- f- funny thing as well about it is that it's kind of making fun of the kind of hamminess of of old movies as well oh it is yeah so mm-hmm. you, so you're watching a movie and you've got all of these people who who are who are like oh. Um I love you, I love you, i love you and um and and but it's it's kind of so you you you, you have these actors who are these very kind of um handsome um uh, individuals they these studio darlings, but they're 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 kind of um, um satirizing the whole kind of system to which they 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 belong, yeah, yeah. Because they're, 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 they're not. Um, no one in this movie is, is Laurence Olivier, um, <laughs> for example.
0: Um, well, I mean, there, there's a lot of that. Like, I mean, and this is one of the things about watching Seeing the Rain and sort of researching "Sing in the Rain and stuff like that is that you discover how much of the film is constructed as very direct parodies and references of styles of film with which modern audiences are not familiar. So, for example, there's like a.
1: Valentino and.
0: Well, even worse even even more than that like say take for example the beautiful girls number, number which occurs <laughs> in the middle of the film
3: oh beautiful girl what a gorgeous creature beautiful girl let me call a preacher what can I do but give my
2: heart to
3: A
1: beautiful, beautiful girl.
0: girls. <laughs> yeah but it, it's a fan, it's a fantastic sequence but part of why it's so fantastic to modern audiences is because it's so surreal and it's so strange and it comes like you've had it after the montage where you've established that like Hollywood is moving towards talkies mm-hmm. so you have like these disembodied legs and these bright glittery backgrounds this guy <laughs> yeah. in a speaker and it, it's like it's like what I imagine acid feels like yeah. it's what that sequence a bit is
2: like that bit in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where they're going exactly. through the tunnel and you're like
1: I, what is yeah. going on at yeah. some point and this was pretty pre- pre- Presumably, well before Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but uh, there were parts of it where it sounded like uh, musical numbers from <laughs> Charlie and the t- Chocolate Factory which were trying to creep in there.
0: Yeah but I mean but then you go into the the Beautiful Girls number and the Beautiful Girls number is a very specific type of parody of a 1920s musical number where they would have sequences where they would have the singer comment on what the women in these 1920s movies were wearing and looked like and how much they loved them
3: for lounging in her boudoir
1: this simple plain pajama her cloak
2: is trimmed with monkey fur to lend a dash of drama
0: and this is this is very kind
2: of it is subliminal messaging what? advertising advertising <laughs> going yeah on? like you too could be this fabulous yeah. a string of pearls with a suit of
1: tweed it
2: started quite a riot and if
0: you
3: must wear fox to the opera, Dame Fashion says diet. And, it, and it's
1: and, and they're kind of like awkwardly, kind of like standing in a pose, shaking, yeah. Yeah. with yeah. Yeah. Like kind of <laughs> eyeballs fluttering about. Them. Yeah, <laughs> under the studio spotlights yeah. and stuff.
0: Um, but I mean, it's a parody of like a style that was popping in the twenties. But today, it just seems so weird that it's hilarious. It's and a lot of that is in the movie. Like a lot of the characters are modeled on specific, mm. um, mm-hmm. like nineteen twenties talkie stars, for example. A lot of the films are even modeled on, on the old films and stuff like that.
1: I'd imagine the the producer as well. They, the, the well-wishing but impotent sort of. Oh yeah, we'll tell oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. He was apparently inspired by Arthur Freed, the the guy who um, who was responsible for providing the music, the songbook for it. In particular, his habit of saying, I can't visualize it, I'd have to see it on screen. <laughs> apparently that was what he would say to each of the writers when they came up with great ideas, where they'd basically, he they'd pitch him on an idea and he'd go... I can't visualize it. I have to see it on screen, which was of absolutely no use to a writer who was working on a story. It's like, mm. maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. I'm refusing to commit to the idea. Um, yeah,
1: what, what you need to do is, is, is hold your thumb and, and index finger and then get your thumb and index finger on the other hands. Now, now hold them at 90 degrees and, and opposite each other so that they form a square and then hold it up in front of you and, and, and picture it. Yeah, that's that's the tried and tested um, uh, producer director uh, relationship. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, All right. Well, with that in mind, then we'll sort of. uh, There's no real point in having a spoiler zone, but I figure we might as well because we can include it. Um, What a
2: sixty-year-old movie. Yeah,
0: with no plot, Um, and yeah, and and which builds towards the reveal of its own title. So I mean, you know. But anyway, it'll be a nice excuse to include a musical cue from the film, well, so...
1: yeah, we'll, 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 we'll have a six, six weeks of us kind of talking generally about it, and, and, and then, radically and then we'll have the, the, the real show. Yeah.
3: yeah. And then you get a great
1: because are the face. Make them
3: laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh. Spoiler
1: zone. Uh, Spoiler
3: <laughs> <zone>. <laughs> so,
0: so, Grace what is singing in the rain about for you and i feel like that's a tougher question than usual this it week
2: because i don't really feel well i don't know there, there's parts of me because i've seen this before but watching it again now i feel like I'm, I'm seeing kind of more aspects of it that maybe i didn't notice as much in the first watch but um i think something that really stands out to me about this is how much of it is just about like we've discussed a little bit sending up Um, kind of images of old Hollywood and images of stars and the way that kind of system worked behind the scenes even right down to the way he tells this wonderful grandiose story at the beginning of of where he came from and how he got his career and he's basically just been chancing his arm like you know (laughs) doing whatever work he could along the way and and kind of just ended up in movies quite by accident Um, but he tells this beautiful story about his fairy tale rise and it's such a I don't know, it's, it's it's really refreshing to see that in an older film and have it be so in on the joke. Like, it's yeah. not trying to sell you a story. It's like, wink, wink, you know. All of these great stories you heard about your stars were probably 2% true, yeah.
0: if here, even that. Here, here's um, the irony of it all. You know? Yeah,
2: and, and even, like, the, the relationships that we've depicted on screen. Like, a lot of these people kind of hate each other or really hate each other, but that doesn't fit the image and so on. And, I mean, obviously stuff like that still goes on today in terms of, you know, publicity and the way things are marketed and sold, but... I feel like, uh, you know, in the old days, audiences were a lot more innocent and probably bought it with, with fewer questions. So it's, yeah, to, to see like just that little level of kind of, kinda, I don't know, tongue in cheek or something in, in older films, is uh, it, it makes it stand out a wee bit. It is. I mean,
0: this is one of the things when I'm watching Singing in the Rain, I wonder, like, because there is that that element of self-awareness to it. But there's also a significant level of, like, irony to it, which I'm I'm not... I've always been a little uneasy with. So, for example, um, the most obvious one is um, when the star is having her her voice dubbed. When uh, Lana, what's what's her name? It is. uh, Lena Lamont is having her voice dubbed by Kathy Sheldon. Star Darren. (laughs) (laughs) They her name, right, yeah. Um, They actually used uh, Gene Hagen's real voice for the dubbing sequence. That's why it doesn't sound like Debbie Reynolds, which is a nice, clever Mm -hmm. touch. But, like, the film, in theory, Singing in the Rain is supposed to be about um this idea of like recognizing the people who make movies who don't normally get recognized so for example Kathy Selden who provides the voice of Lena Lamont throughout the film and basically she's ignored and she's sort of brushed aside her credits taken off the film and stuff like that and the big climactic moment at the end is is when basically Don sort of you know pulls her to the front and says it's her voice you heard she's the real star she deserves to be recognized sort of exposing this sort of Stuff that was happening behind the scenes, but the way that Hollywood was sort of you
1: can't like, paraphrase him in your normal voice. There, and it's simply not allowed. <laughs> Sorry, go on.
0: And and then on the other hand, you have the fact that like a lot of people working on Singing in the Rain were uncredited. So, for example, the dance assistants, Gene Kelly's dance assistants. Now, a lot of that is down to the fact that like it's a it's a nineteen fifties movies, and so the credits were significantly shorter. Like at the well, very you, end. Yeah.
1: Also, you 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 like. I feel like in in the in the era of, of this movie and in the era that they're portraying, there was more, but there was more. Well, I say more. There was mystique <laughs> around um, their stars, yeah, and, and and a kind of like a, 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 a cult of, of of personality that's that's different to what we have now. Where now we have a very kind of um, pervasive celebrity culture, but um, they're all so flawed. And um, we we know every every aspect of their or or at least their, like every um, reported aspect of, 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 of their lives. And there, there's there's all sorts of um, tabloids and gossip and gossip. Sort of speculation. Yeah, 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 Where where there's the likes of um, what do you call that? Share um, is always on the cover. <laughs> it's like the Inquirer. Oh, the or, National Inquirer. The National Inquirer. When they're yeah. not
0: covering like Bat Boy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And, and it's always um somebody on on the brink of death or um yeah, yeah are yeah i, I can think are, of some specific examples being destroyed yeah
0: or they're being manipulated and controlled by the people close to them i feel like yeah i don't want to give examples on this podcast though because that comes dangerously close to skirting libel laws but i mean there are examples that anybody listens well, we're, to this podcast we're talking think
1: about what the national enquirer
0: are. is reporting but again mm. parroting that back in relation to specific stars but i mean yeah i, I think you've got a point there one Deep. No, when I,
1: when I say Cher was on the cover, it was for her charity work. Yeah. Um, so um, <laughs>
2: Andrew hurriedly back yeah, to yeah. no, It yeah. was all good.
1: Nothing libelous there. Nothing to I, see. Cher famously litigious.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> the sun ain't going to shine anymore, Andrew. The sun ain't going to shine anymore. Um, but, I mean, actually, that's an interesting point with regards to the differences between Hollywood now and Hollywood then. Because, I mean, when you watch old movies from the 40s and 50s, it often... Like, it's not just that you have actors who are personas and actors who are recognizable and actors who are brand names. So, for example, when we watched uh, Heat a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, like, a Pacino and De Niro, like, having a brand recognition. Like, putting the two of them in a movie together was an event of itself in the 90s in a way mm-hmm. it wouldn't be now, because now it's all intellectual properties, reboots, okay. comic book characters. You
1: opened that can mm-hmm. of... of of um impersonation Abbeyart, like yeah. 15 years ago <laughs> yeah. you can no longer use the contents you should have thrown it out but, yeah. yeah but
2: also i don't think people look at actors in the same way they used to you know like whereas de niro and patino back in the day would have been two big heavyweights that people mm. you know when their name is attached to something it encourages people to go i don't think that exists to the same extent anymore in that you have people who can open pictures the way that they used to yeah. Some, some people probably still do have that heft with certain like sections of their audience, but overall, yeah. I don't think you have the same level of, of like movie star heavyweights as, as there once was.
0: Well, I was thinking of this, and I was thinking, like, Leonardo DiCaprio would be the only real example, I think, of an actor who could open a movie these days. When you think about like what he did for The Revenant, you think about what he did for Inception directors um, can still open that's it, it yeah directors no, 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 no one can open a movie Dunkirk. Tarantino can open probably, a movie yeah but I mean in terms of star power and stuff like that but even just like when you're talking about how today we're so obsessed with <clears> celebrity <throat> gossip like one of the things about like watching 50s and, and 40s and 30s films is stars back then actors back then this is before like the method crept in before you got your deniers, your betweenos your Nicholson yeah, and stuff like that and,
1: and, and, and ethnic um, a- actors as well well bef- bef- be- be- before you had um, uh, leading men and leading women of colour you, you 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 had to get past the threshold of them even allowing a, a Jewish or an Italian American or to, um, to keep their name for example yeah, even yeah, on yeah. Screen. In, in the like the likes of Uh, Dustin Hoffman and um, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, they kind of like came through at a certain point where before that you had these 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 kind of um, small roles for the likes of Anthony Quinn where he plays every Mexican every <laughs> Turk every Greek um, every and non-white guy exactly yeah, yeah.
2: do never forget Yul Brenner covering every ethnicity under the sun for years yeah, yeah. exactly
0: and you, you have that sort of style but I mean when you look back at say the 30s and the 40s and the 50s you would have these personas like mm. actors didn't really seem to act in in the way that they do now and like it wasn't like you didn't have the method or whatever you didn't have like immersing yourself in the role it was more like an actor played a variation of their persona each time Like you look at say you look at say Bogart or, or you look at say Cary Grant or, or that sort of stuff or, where, Clark, Gable. or Clark Gable where the it's...
2: issue with him not like there, there was a thing about how they didn't want him to cry at a certain point in Gone with the Wind because it went against his really manly persona yeah. So, yeah. And I mean,
0: it, it's kind of interesting to see, like, with Singing in the Rain, you sort of have that with, with Gene Kelly, because I mm-hmm. think one of the things with Gene Kelly was he always seemed, to me anyway, I, I again, I, I don't know much about his, his biography, and I, I wouldn't consider myself a Gene Kelly expert, but he always seemed more a technical and, and mannered and restrained actor than say other stars on the same time like say Fred Astaire or, or Bing Crosby like I could never imagine like I could never imagine Gene Kelly and Bob Hope doing Road 2 movies for example and like I like that Singing in the Rain seems to be in some level almost about an actor like Gene Kelly it's about like trying to to loosen up and trying to because he was a great dancer he was not yeah. a great actor
1: no mm-hmm. and, and and it makes him perfect for this movie yeah because uh, you, you you can you can believe him as as this as this fluffy actor who yeah. who's um, and, then, and the funny thing is that it, there isn't really the maybe the kind of journey that we're expecting for 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 him when 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 the movie begins because he realizes oh I'm I'm not a serious actor and then and then kind of l- later on it's kind of like. Oh don't be silly you you are you're 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 great I I I've, I've I've actually watched 8 or 9 of your movies and it's like oh
3: I learn. Well,
0: l- <laughs> all my anxieties are related. I do love that his journey comes through other people acknowledging his greatness. Like there's a, and again, I feel like this is a result of the they structure. They question
1: of- it, and it's a crisis, <laughs> yeah. and then they, and then they say, "Oh, you know, when I questioned it, I, I no longer question it. In fact, I didn't question it."
2: I retract my earlier <laughs> statement. <laughs> yeah,
1: and it's like, oh, it's as if you never said it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean,
0: I, I, I particularly like, for example, the bit where he 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 expresses his anxiety to Cosmo, and Cosmo responds with "Make him laugh," which is one of the best <laughs> choreographed dance. Sequences in cinema. But A, it has absolutely nothing to do with the anxiety that Don I has stated because Don is not a comic actor. B, the scene ends with Cosmo collapsing on the ground having performed this musical number and then cuts to Don in his trailer. So it doesn't even provide a context <laughs> yeah. um, for which. We're picturing
2: like the alternate universe version where like Cosmo passes up, pa- passes out or whatever, and it cuts back to Gene Kelly going, "Yeah, but seriously." <laughs> are,
0: like, what about my anxiety? Okay, but,
2: but can we get back to me Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's, You
2: jumping through a wall has not helped yeah. at all. <laughs> well, it's it's it's
1: it's a special kind of friendship where your friend says, "You know what? Shut up," <laughs> and then you just start dancing, and it's like putting your mind off of it but also um,
2: I, I feel like it's it's um, there's this kind of running joke through it with Cosmo himself where like he's the one who keeps coming up with the ideas and they're just like we're gonna give you a raise we're gonna give you a job and then they never do
1: um, absolutely and it's yeah. just like
2: make them laugh and does this whole like fancy number and then it's like okay well you have talent but you're obviously not acting and then later on it's like let's rewrite it as a musical here's the plot here's what you do and they're like that's great Cosmo you do it <laughs> yeah, great <it's>, idea
1: <laughs> Don you're handsome you're gonna I'm gonna spearhead this project you look yeah, like somebody I could trust Cosmo you've got buckets of talent. But you're hideous, and, and probably Greek or something. So, um, so we're putting this guy My in the picture instead. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I mean, but well, this is the thing. The, the um there were only two songs written for the the movie. Two, like uh, The rest of them was just basically a songbook from earlier films. Um, one of them was Moses Supposes, uh, which is the one that they do at the Diction Office. And it's amazing. It's fantastic. It <laughs>
2: just randomly assault the teacher. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's,
0: again, that's one of those scenes where I would love for the scene to have continued past the song number, yeah. if only to get the response of, you did what to the teacher? You do realise we pay him a salary. And... Been... Yeah,
2: like, you've got to stop doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's fine, too. it's <laughs> fine. Yeah,
1: it's just... Let me just take this picture, take the curtain off, he's here, he's still here, he's dead. But he's still here <laughs> yeah. Turns See, like he had some sort of an episode <laughs> um, I, I, what, I, what I like about singing the rain Moses ra- supposes <laughs> His hoses are roses Erroneously <laughs> The man is dead We'll <laughs> continue <laughs> singing and dancing yeah. um,
3: A Moses, a mose A rose is a rose A toes is a toes hoop de doo Moses supposes his toes are roses But Moses supposes erroneously For Moses, he
2: noses his toes Roses, as Moses supposes his
0: roses to be. I do I do like though that like you know the way that most musicals have this sort of ambiguity about whether the other characters whether whether the singing is internal or external so whether or not like when you're watching a musical whether or not you're watching like a person's subjective perspective of what life is like where they spontaneously subjective? break in. perspective yeah <laughs> subjective perspective erroneously Um, but you do have this sort of ambiguity about whether or not what you're seeing is objective or objective but i do love that in singing in the rain this is legitimately a universe where people break out singing because like when they're discussing how they're going to fix the movie and they're like well lena lamont can't sing and uh, you know cosmo who has all the great ideas in here is like but wait during that big musical number we just had with debbie reynolds here i realized that she could sing therefore let's use that to fix our problem and you're like so is this a world where people just spontaneously break into unrehearsed dance numbers
1: well it was
2: I get great ob- ideas from it yeah mm. absolutely well it
1: was objective and subjective respectively <laughs> respectively it was subjective but isn't that kind of <laughs> the whole
2: point of musicals that like they work their way through through like where other films would have I don't know some complex series of scenes where somebody figures out what they're supposed to do in musicals they just like dance around for a while and like a light bulb goes <laughs> off over their head and they're like I've got it the dancing has inspired me.
0: Well, there is like I mean the relationship between the two lead characters between um, between between the two lead characters develops like like that. Initially, they they have a meet cute. He comes on to her. She's sort of put off by that. Then he discovers that she's actually like a flapper dancer, and she you know he's really condescending towards her, and she's very withdrawn about that. But it's okay because they do a musical number, and all of a sudden they're boyfriend and girlfriend, and they're producing a movie together, mm-hmm. um, which is
3: yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> the <laughs> elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was do you
1: want to do you want to kick <laughs> that one off there, Andrew? Then well, yeah, it's a it's a musician and an actor um, meeting, um, having a, um, a fractious kind of um, an, an first an, and an, second an, encounter. Yeah, yeah where are where one 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 character blows the other one one off, and then um, and and, ta- and takes a kind of a um a condescending. superior yeah. condescending, and then is revealed to to not really have grounds for their and, and is humiliated kind of in, in for their, their
0: artistic sensibilities exactly. and such. Well, I mean, on the other hand, like La La Land actually develops like it, it makes a point to have them have conversations like that. It doesn't do the traditional music thing where that's resolved via musical number. Um, yeah, they, they, for better they, or for worse, but
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, I, 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 I like, I, this is this is this is a lot more pure than than La La Land, obviously. Because be, 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 be.
3: Grace is getting ready so to go babies. here. Yeah, you so,
1: so,
0: can, can see Grace
1: yeah. is ready to pounce. So um <laughs> what we discovered in in our anniversary episode is is that
2: people have a lot of feelings. People have a lot of
1: feelings about La La Land. There were, there were, there
2: were, there <laughs> and a great were, many of them are not good.
1: A great many of them are not good. The the, the people who like the movie chose to take it out of their list if, if 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 given the choice. And people who didn't like the movie really didn't like the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. um,
0: uh, yes. I and mean, again, this was a year which saw the release of Hacksaw Ridge. Um, I feel like it's important.
2: <laughs> and nobody had any points of view on Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, because I, most uh, of us haven't seen it, though. Fair enough.
0: That's a fair point. And I feel like it's important to state: I'm sitting between Andrew and Grace for whatever ensues now in a moment, <laughs> um, just in case listeners hear any any sort of fractious sounds. But yeah, I, I, like, I, I don't want, to, I don't want to re legislate the, the whole La La Land debacle. Some people mm. like it, some people don't. That's the way the world works. So. Yeah,
1: I mean, what, okay, like... <laughs> <laughs> go for it.
0: Just, <laughs> oh, get sorry, it you out said there. You don't want. I don't want to, but well, we go can. For it. You can, okay. <laughs> I
3: know,
1: I know. Yeah, like um, you're right. You're right in what you say. That La La Land goes to kind of more lengths and uh, depths. I suppose for better or worse, yes. And it, and and while it, while 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 there are kind of familiarities between the two in terms of kind of the way the way their initial relationship is framed, and also in terms of like some of the color and some of the kind of song and dancing. But the 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 obviously the singing and dancing in this movie is far superior. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And it, it's it's easier to. Um, it's easier to, to, to teach somebody to, 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 to dance for a short dance number than it is to make somebody a singer. What? Um, and I, I, I guess in, in this movie, it, it, it comes across that these people are, um, are fantastically talented. Now, sometimes if you're listening to somebody who's that good, it, 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 can, it can kind of be... There tends to be a difference in music these days because of like how democratic it is. There's, a, there's 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 a kind of a realness sometimes to to somebody who's who's created their music from the beginning because the chances of them also being kind of the best um, performer. Singer, um, are 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 very low versus um, if you take something like pop idol that's identifying people who who don't necessarily have to have ever created anything yeah, but, but who, who have it. these beautiful voices where they're, they're almost kind of past the point of, 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 like like it's kind of, you know, the uncanny value problem with, <laughs> yeah, where it, it's, it's, it, they're, 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 it's, there, 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 there's, It's hard there's, to believe they're human beings. Polished, yeah. kind of, like, but that's by kind of contemporary tastes. Yeah. Whereas back in the days, there were composers and and then there were the performers. Well, I mean, well, the, the,
0: yeah, well, I mean, Gene Kelly would have choreographed, now he did have two choreograph two choreography assistants who weren't granted on the film as like I alluded to earlier, but he does have, uh, he would have choreographed a lot of the numbers himself. So, for example, mm. Singing in the Rain uh, was mm. originally supposed to be a number involving all three of them after they came up with the idea for making it into a musical. It was Kelly who came up with the idea. And by the way, this is going to be a recurring trend uh, when we talk about Kelly behind the scenes of Singing in the Rain. Kelly came up with the idea that it would be a good idea to showcase his own talent uh, using this, this dance number here. Um, you talk about like people singing and dancing and teaching people to sing and dance. Debbie Reynolds, right, was nineteen when this was filmed. Uh-huh. Um, she had famously been recognised in nineteen forty eight when she was seventeen. Um, in a there was a disagreement between talent agents about which studio with which she would sign. Um, and apparently, Warner Brothers won her in a coin toss. Uh, just in case, a, a coin toss. Thank you very much, Andrew.
1: I um, like the I like the scene in this <laughs> in this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, the bit at the end during the Broadway melody. Coin toss play. Yeah, um,
1: so, but you do have like toying with our emotions. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm doing the Darren bit this week. What's a daring bit? Just kind of taking words and going with them. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I mean, you have lots of bits. Um, but yeah, there is sort of like in case
0: you want to romanticize like the studio aspects of this film. Like, I mean, Debbie Reynolds uh, won her contract with Warner Brothers uh, in a in a in a coin toss, basically. <clears throat> and this sort of idea of being managed and traded like horses. Like this idea that performers, like Gene Kelly, when he made this movie, was under contract to MGM, and he really didn't want to be. And a large portion of First of all, a large portion of the film parodying MGM Mm. specifically is a result of Kelly wanting to be released from his contract. Second of all, a large portion of Kelly being completely unreasonable and horrific behind the scenes. Um, He famously, during the sequence where they did the Good Morning dance with uh, Debbie Reynolds, it was her first big showcase in the scene, in in the film, he danced her straight for 14 hours to the point where her feet were bleeding. Um, he yelled at her to the point where she hid under a piano in the studio and cried, where she was found by Fred Astaire, who helped teach her how to dance.
1: Lily then he, he kicked the... the um, sorry, I shouldn't make fun. But,
0: um, and then... This, this,
1: this is terrible.
0: And Kelly then, later on in production, would yell at... Apparently, um, Donald O'Connor found him nearly impossible to work with for the first couple of scenes, up until the bit where they it was Moses Supposes, was the point at which Kelly came to recognize that Donald O'Connor was actually a good performer and somebody he could trust in the scene, but he would yell at him. And apparently he would yell at O'Connor because after he yelled at Reynolds and made her cry and made her hide under a piano where Fred Astaire found her, he was told that doing that would cause the production to delay and would cause it to run over. So he was like, okay, who else can I take it out on? I'll take it out on Donald O'Connor then. Apparently, yeah, it was really close to unworkable. This for all the film is like a joyous celebration of movie making. Um, It was apparently an ordeal to make behind the scenes. Reynolds has famously said that the two hardest things in her life were one childbirth and two making Singing in the Rain. And she's phenomenally proud of it. She bought all the props. Her house is stuffed full of like costumes and sort of records and props from the film itself. But like, it was apparently a horrific experience for anybody working on it.
1: He's believable as. Uh, Gene Kelly. Yeah, I I, I can totally buy that. Like every... every, 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 every. He does
2: give you a certain air of being a bit obsessive or something. Like you want to talk about having a different persona on screen to what you're like in real life. Like he's so smooth or something. There's a really intense... Choreographing, gone into his performance there, yeah. like not not just the dancing part, but the performing part. So, Even like,
0: the bit where he's walking and he's throwing his hands up in the air, like there's a sense yeah. when you're watching Kelly that everything he does, he's thought about and figured out yeah. and sort of reasoned through. He's one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. He's a type A so personality. So on
2: screen, you think like as soon as the the camera stops rolling, he's just like, mm-hmm, yeah, running around. Yeah, you
1: imagine there's something kind of vain and psychotic about it. Um,
2: <laughs> that that de, seems de. to be a thing with dancers,
1: vanity and yeah. psychosis. Well, I mean, as, as opposed to
0: like actors in Hollywood in general. <laughs> yeah. um, but, I mean, but
2: with dancers in particular.
0: Well I suppose actually the level of control that it takes over your body and your movement and your rhythm yeah. and stuff like that. Like um, famously, um, and again I feel like, and Gene Kelly we should stress, fantastic performer, he's really great here. But during he can't see
2: us he's dead. He can't see
0: us he's dead. <laughs> um, but the climactic season the, the Broadway uh, musical bit, which we'll probably talk about a bit uh, later on. But like to give an example, Sid Charisse mm-hmm. uh, who dances with him there, right? She is taller. She was significantly taller than him in, than him in oh, real life. Oh, you can
2: see that, though. You oh, can you... see them really trying to hide it.
0: <laughs> Guess who choreographed that dance number? Gene Kelly. He arranged it so that they would both <laughs> be swaying. Horizontal
1: and... <laughs> for a <lot>
0: of <laughs> yeah, So they would be. Yeah. And there's su- a lot
2: of distance between Yeah, they would be so. swaying mm-hmm.
0: and bending. And he designed it so that her height over him would be obscured in the movements that they were doing. Um, he, he's very much like there's a sense that he is really really focused and controlled and I think that does shine through in his performance here like I think that you can see why Kelly never became like a like Kelly was a fantastic actor he was a, a really great performer like I mean But he never became a screen persona in the same way that you talked about, like Gable or you talk away, like Grant or whatever. Because he doesn't have that sort of loose, freewheeling sort of personality. Yeah. it You can't
2: imagine being very personable off screen. Because I think there's, a a lot goes into constructing an on screen persona, but you need to be able to sell it off screen too. And you can just imagine him like being in an interview and kind of just like freezing up like, no, you don't understand. Like this is, this is so particular. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of thing. And it's like, Okay.
1: Never mind. I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I imagine, I imagine, off screen when, 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 when he's presenting himself to probably like publicity or something like that. I can imagine him being just like the John Lockwood, yeah, yeah, in, 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 in the beginning where he's like dignity, yeah, always dignity, <laughs> um, and, 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 and just like broadly grinning and, and kind of like... But
0: having that uncanny quality like I mean yeah. you talked about yeah. the uncanny quality of like people who can sing so good there is like and I, it's a, I think it's a great performance I mean, I'm not going to lie or exaggerate or say I'm not, I'm not this isn't a criticism it's more an observation yeah. but there is an almost so, uncanny quality to Don Lockwood where it seems like like he's trying really the hard. Been
2: screwed yeah. On. yeah,
0: he's trying really hard to be an affable celebrity. Like mm. it and again it's like it's like the dancing. It's like when you watch Gene Kelly's dancing, there's a level of precision and manneredness to it. There's a sense that every action, every tick of the mouth, every sort of half grin has been carefully rehearsed and sort of like you can imagine him being in the trailer rehearsing smiling.
1: But it, it works really well um, for this movie, and the funny thing is, I feel like we alluded to it a little earlier. Is that if this were going to be made now, the movie would have to address the emptiness in his soul. <laughs> 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 and then, but, but 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 it being made then, it's kind of like everything is kind of to a certain extent appearances are sort of reality. So uh, yeah. you 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 just present it. These are two two beautiful, um, happy people, and they're in love. You know, okay, I that's that's fine. I accept I, that, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And that's kind of one of the interesting. Yeah, for all the film is reflexive, and for all that it's sort of like parodies and comment, uh, you know, commentates on that. It also embraces it as well. Like, there's no real explanation, like why, for example, um, Don and. Uh, and sort of Debbie Reynolds' character should fall in love, except for the fact that they are the two leads in a movie together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's expected to happen. It's just as force as the romance in the movie between Lockwood and uh, Lamont. Mm-hmm. Um, except the movie sort of, the movie points it out and then sort of does it anyway. Like there's, I wonder if that's like a level... <laughs> maybe that's what separates the movie somewhat from like later Hollywood sort of conscious films like say La La Land for example but like movies like say Argo and, and like this obsession that movies in Hollywood has and sort of like glamorize and exploring itself is that like Singing in the Rain is quite shameless in the fact that it doesn't try to excuse, it, it, it touches on the issues with Hollywood. It touches on, like, its exploitation of stars and all this sort of stuff. But it never tries to really answer for them. Like, for example, one of the issues with it is that, like, for all the movies sort of touches on this exploitation of, of labor and, and how Debbie Reynolds' character is basically exploited and she's going to be kept off stage and she's going to be under contract for the studio for five years and her life's going to go away because she's being victimized, right? The film structures it so that that happens at the hands of another starlet, uh, Lamont as opposed to happening at the behest of the studio, which would probably have been what would have happened in real life. Oh, but mm-hmm. the
1: studios has it died. Yeah. Yeah. You have like I don't like... know what to do. There's this point on the one hand. And then on the other hand there's a second point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do. I'm only an executive.
3: <laughs> I, only no the influence yeah. whatsoever. I only run this.
0: I only run the studio. I'm completely powerless to <laughs> the whims of my actors because that is how Hollywood works in the nineteen forties or nineteen like twenties even. Like there there is a sense that like Sing in the Rain is deliberately toothless in how it handles these things, in that like it, it presents the studio system and it touches on the issues with it, but it doesn't really do anything with it. And maybe that's why it's so good, because it rather than trying to excuse it or explore it, it just brushes past it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Thank,
1: thank God, studios these days have have really um, like no, sorry, I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, but, but it sometimes comes across that 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 maybe things haven't changed too much when no. when they decide to it's six weeks out we can fix this movie. <laughs> Yeah,
0: uh, without changing the that release date. Yeah. yeah, without changing. Not that we're thinking of a particular big budget movie that's released at the moment and you is a freaking disaster. your mustache. Yeah, what <laughs> um, could possibly go wrong? Yeah, um, I do love that the, the visual effects artists were like, "No, the obvious solution there is to shave his mustache and digitally insert it yes. on the other film."
2: Mustache. <laughs> <laughs> or or, you,
0: or you could just let him shave it wait a couple of weeks grow it back yeah. or shave the moustache in the other movie or give him a moustache wig yeah they have those right
2: but like Henry Cavill is pretty hairy like it would have grown back pretty fast he's not one of these these lads that like you know they have stubble for six months before they get a beard
0: yeah I mean and it's a it's, it was a prominent moustache and it grew quite quickly yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. Um, sorry we anyway, are, we are, we, are about, we, we are talking about we are talking about Justice League and we are talking about Henry Cavill's moustache uh, you
2: know, um, I think the thing with Singing in the Rain is that there's probably a certain acknowledgement of the fact that like audiences certainly back in the day and probably to a certain extent today don't want to see things like see the reality of the way things are like yeah. they might accept kind of a nod to it here and there or or more than a nod to it as is in singing in the rain but also acknowledge that the the story and the fantasy and everything else is what they actually want at the end of the day they don't want to go home feeling bad about themselves so yeah, yeah i think it's it's kind of interesting in that the film kind of openly says this is all nonsense kind of thing this is all a fantasy that's been dreamed up but it's also like you prefer the fantasy to the reality yeah i, I mean, think
1: how do we feel living in a world that's 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 a kind of uh in some ways real and aware of itself versus i i i i, I had somebody say um of say like my parents generation once 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 say to me we didn't know anything back then, and we were much happier. We <laughs> should never have found out, like in like blanket comment about. It, and I was like, "Whoa!" Um, so, like, this movie was before Watergate, and another what? kind of like, and another more recent kind of cultural, I suppose, events where 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 where, where people discover that actually <laughs> some some things are not as they're presented to be. Well, yeah, this was and, 1952.
0: And this was after the Second World War. America mm-hmm. just won the Second World War. Yeah. Um, the, con- the country was prosperous. Eisenhower was building like motorways and stuff like that the the cold war was only just beginning to heat up there was a sense that like the generation who had won the second world war had like fought for democracy they come home they were turning a profit there were suburbs were being developed there was a sense of the movements like say civil rights or feminism they were on the horizon in the 1960s but they weren't there yet there was no upset to the established order of
1: things there, I, there was no suspicion against that well there was, there was less of a suspicion there was less of a mainstream suspicion against that narrative Whereas, like, these days, it it seems like... Suspicion is the
0: norm. Yeah. But looking back, we can retroactively see the roots of those movements. And we can see that, like, the conservatism of the 50s was, you know, oppressive and sort of suffocating to anybody who was not a rich white man, basically. Mm. But in the context of the times, it was very reassuring because it was basically... Like, the American century began with the end of the Second World War. And this Mm -hmm. was the early years of that. Like, they were already talking about, like, putting men in space uh, and putting men on the moon. And there was this idea, like, of, of believing the establishment and trusting the government. Like, again, Eisenhower was present. Eisenhower was one of the men who was considered responsible for winning the Second World War. Mm. Like, so there was, it wasn't that you, it wasn't just that you didn't question authority, it was that authority was trustworthy and mm. sort of, like, respectable and, like, you wanted to believe in things.
1: I mm. would like to think, and maybe this is me being terribly naive, I would like to think that um, some of the wholesomeness of the 50s was genuine and that it wasn't just in the sixties and seventies when we found out about these things. It was also in the fifth, in the sixties and seventies where these things started coming to the fore. Like 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 the the, 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 well, I mean, the, the horrible the... comments made 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 lately where it's like this is not to excuse my behaviour, but it was the sixties and the seventies. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> um,
0: I, I feel like though the The reason that you're getting those statements is because the people who were doing those horrible things in the 50s were dead now really is the issue I suspect
3: mm-hmm.
0: I, I mean I, I, I understand the appeal of the
1: or, 50s will never see the, like whatever maybe scandals from then might, might never see the light of day
0: yeah well video camera and tape recording were more expensive back then and all this sort of stuff and they were more tightly controlled
1: <laughs> like a gramophone <laughs> <laughs> and like a record yeah. <laughs> an etching of, of yeah,
0: yeah um, what, what
1: Richard Nixon got up to you've um, <laughs> got a, a very elaborate dress to, <laughs> to put this on wax
0: yeah but um no, I, I, I do. I understand the appeal of wanting to believe the '50s were wholesome and good, but I also understand. Like, I'm wary of that in this day and age, where you have mm-hmm. like nostalgia driven by the idea that like the past was golden, and perfect, and that's, it was a better, better place. That's
1: why I say. That's why I say. I, 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 I feel like I feel like I am being naive, but I'm curious about like where how 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 were things um, back then? Yeah. As, as as in what like. This movie seems kind of like um, out of the context of our times. Yeah. Completely. Oh, and, yeah. and 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 um, and is that because there was um, a, a a kind of a trick being played on people back then or is or is it a bit, um, partly because it was a more innocent well okay. in, in innocent in both senses, I suppose. Yeah.
2: But I think that's something that's very interesting if you look at decades of cinema as they progress and how they're very much a response to their era and their time and the the conditions in society at the time that they were made so something like this which as you were saying is 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 very even though there is a certain kind of maybe not darkness to it but you know there's something knowing about it it's not just a, an empty fantasy as it were um it's still kind of it still hues by that standard to that like it still gives you that the happy ending and then like the idea that people are inherently good at heart and the right thing will will prevail and all that sort of stuff um and then you see as kind of as time went on and people were less enamored of that image and yep. less willing to believe it because i do think the fact that it was made in the 50s is important because um I think after something like the war, when everything that people had taken for granted was so uprooted, and, and you know, the but the aftermath and all the horrors that happened during the war coming out, I think people really needed to believe in just wholesomeness and goodness and mm. happy endings and so on. And then as society got more far removed from that and possibly more capable of dealing with darkness is when people were more open to hearing about the dark underbelly, which has probably always been there, but there's less of a willingness to confront it, I think, when Everyone is collectively traumatized. Well, I think there's also an
0: argument, though, that the Second World War, it was traumatic and horrific. And, I mean, Eisenhower made a point to record and document the atrocities committed. Mm -hmm. But, like, in the issue with the Second World War, is America, from their point of view, and to be honest, quite candidly, won the Second World War. Mm. So it was, like, it was a a victory in a way that... Well, in a way that, okay. If you really want to get into yeah, the military yeah. history aspects. Yeah. But, they, they but think their own honest, narrative right? is that they won it in the way mm-hmm. that they didn't with Vietnam. So, like, mm-hmm. after Vietnam, you had this whole sort of cultural anxiety <laughs> that you don't have here. Because, like, no. here, the, the the order's been threatened, but the order has also been restored and validated.
1: Yeah. And not just that they won, but that they defeated evil. Yes. Now, whereas in, in, in World War One. The, the 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 kind of collective response to it was like where do we go from here yeah but, mm-hmm. uh, they, they, but and and like what was that about and and yeah and, um, i think
2: in the second world where you do have a very old-fashioned bad guy so yeah. to speak yeah. like that they can then, point everything to and then
1: straight away there's a new bad guy as mm-hmm. well so yeah. it, it 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 it's it gives it's, you a it sense f- of purpose very firmly st- firmly establishes your 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 kind of moral culture
0: yeah mm-hmm. I think also there is something to be said though for the way in which the movies of the 40s and 50s because you, you pointed this out and we talked about this when we talked about Singing in the Rain it's not a movie that aspires towards realism or, or mm-hmm. towards like convincing the audience that anything in it actually exists like even the, the sets that are you know movie well, sets look so fake different. and, and yeah. sort of staged and it sort of reminds me of that sort of 50s aesthetic that you have with say Disneyland and stuff like that where you have this like obsession in 50s America with the idea and like with suburbia with the bright painted colors mm-hmm. for example yeah. with, with the advertising where you'd have the families that were so wholesome they were almost impossible to digest. You know, you get diabetes just looking at advertisements of women serving up like lemonade and cookies to kids and a father with a newspaper in the corner of the room. Where you also ha-
1: girls, 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 burlesque, girls, one hundred <laughs> girls. But you, you also got the girls.
0: But you, you have this idea of like it was okay in the 50s to aspire towards something that wasn't real it was okay to aspire towards something that you knew was fake
3: mm-hmm. because you
0: knew it was aspirational sort of thing like like and one of the things I like about and it's something that I miss in modern cinema and modern movies is like this this obsession that we have with verisimilitude the idea that like it has to look something like the real world it can't really be yeah. stylized you can't really use sound stages that look like sound stages anymore and I'm not just talking about like the Broadway dance numbers I'm talking about even like the offices and the houses in the film yeah. where mm. you have like the cut walls for example and stuff like that where they move between the kitchen and, and the sitting room um, you can't really do that anymore because it has to look real and convincing like mm. sets have to look like real houses and sets have to look like real apartments podcasts That's,
1: need to seem spontaneous as opposed to to occasionally interrupt each other yeah that sort of stuff um like
0: i just did yeah you know mumblecore podcasting and stuff like that but they're verite but you do have this sort of i'm gonna make that a thing andrew no matter how hard it takes me to try but i I miss. i miss that that aspect of of cinema and i really really like that that, i i miss that aspect of cinema that you don't really get anymore
2: Mm mm-hmm you're completely ruining Darren's very salient point here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I wrote
1: his salient point. <laughs> it's all in the script. No, no. I'm, I'm An, sorry. Andrew is the cosmo
0: of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact. I'm trying
1: to make it more real. Um, I've, I've, I'm just feeding into your point <laughs> by, by, by being a complete asshole.
2: <laughs> mm. But I do think like um, that, that whole idea that films aren't really allowed to look like old-fashioned movies anymore even the way that you'd have like you'd be more inclined i find to refer to these older movies as movies or even pictures because it implies something that's a bit more fantastical and a bit more created so to speak rather than something that's been captured which is what you'd maybe say with film yeah um and i think as well like that's just a societal thing like people are less willing to suspend disbelief anymore and really just like they'd be too willing too too busy sitting there going oh but this looks fake this looks ridiculous and in a weird way like that's it's actually interesting to consider that in light of the response to La La Land and how certain people um including (laughs) myself are completely unwilling to accept it because it just seems so ludicrous by today's standards like Mm. it's it just doesn't work
1: yeah. people are like oh it's a it's a shampoo advert it's like what does that make singing in the rain <laughs> it's, you it's could, a shampoo you could sell effort. a whole lifestyle on, on on this movie and and singing and all... in the
2: rain had actual performers in it though oh like, yeah that's something we okay. could do. okay this
1: is happening <laughs> your skin can have the same complexion as, as Gene Kelly. Your, your, your clothes can be just as sharp. Um, you're, you're, you're <laughs> um, like there, 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 there's like
0: the, the singing in the rain is an aspiration. It's a dream. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a dream run than a, an, a, an actual capture, yeah. sort of a piece of life captured Come on film. Come to
1: Los Angeles and be these guys.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, um, that's, that's the thing though. I mean, fun fact
1: about uh, it was easy for them
0: yeah I mean like look at that montage there uh, which was included specifically so that they could include um, what was it the the fiddle song which again was something that Freed had written for Vaudeville um, again this is a great example of how the film was structured like the film was not structured as a story it was structured around a like number of songs
2: Yeah, set pieces and let's find a way to connect them yeah
0: you have to figure out how to include how are we going to include a Vaudeville song in this I, I don't know let's give him an extended flashback where he talks about his history okay
1: the, the funny thing is that this, uh, this was their struggle, but it's also a struggle in this movie. <laughs> so they're having a lot of fun. Yeah, they really um, are. <laughs> yeah. But
0: I mean, that, that's it. Like, the idea of making this about the transition from silent films to talkies came from the fact that the writers, when they moved to Los Angeles, were living in a house that had been owned by a silent film star, uh, but he'd had to sell it because he was broke, because he didn't make the transition to talkies. Like, yep, bang, throw it in the movie. We're done. This is, this is it. Yeah,
1: it's like, I'm going to have to sell my house. I've, i thought oh, well, I, I sucks would,
0: for you. Yeah. yeah, but I've got inspiration. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, like I, th- I thought I was. I thought it was an artist. My wife has left me. What am I to do? Make him laugh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know that "Make Him Laugh" was the other song that wasn't that wasn't written that was written specifically for the movie. It was the only other song that wasn't part of Freed's songbook. That and Moses Supposes, and apparently the. <laughs> only dictated part of the choreography of Make Him Laugh, the only bit that the cast and crew and Gene Kelly, who co-directed it, insisted upon being included in the take, was the bit where uh, Cosmo Donald O'Connor runs up the wall and flips backwards. And he does that three times and he falls to the wall the third time because when O'Connor started out in Vaudeville, like many of the stars of the era, like we talked about Buster Keaton, for example, his family came up in Vaudeville, that was the routine that he did with his brother. Um, And Kelly had sort of seen that and fallen in love with that, and so his one dictation was that like o'connor could do whatever he wanted during the song and you'll see when you watch the song it's mostly long takes um he shot it over three days he was a heavy smoker by the time that he finished the last take he apparently had to spend three days in hospital lying down um but
2: you can kind of see he's about to he's about to well
0: he does well i mean to give up even when he's (laughs) even when he's doing the bit the um good morning for example Mm -hmm. you can see that like Donald O'Connell like they all have that orange studio makeup sort of glow O'Connell looks red and about to explode at certain points in that Um, but they're (laughs)
2: like jaundiced yeah
0: but there's a bit where he had to do the bit walking up the wall his brother actually came in and helped him because he hadn't done it in years and they did it with a rope a couple of times before doing it in the scene but like every time that they would record that he would do different actions he would improvise different behavior with the dummy and stuff and he would suggest sort of tools that he could be given that with
2: the dummy is so ridiculous actually now that you think about it yeah why is there a random headless dummy what do you mean
1: by his brother came in and helped with the rope? Um, <laughs> when is, he walked up the wall, when he walked up the wall, used... of, Did he have a coil? And <laughs> it's like, do it right. Yeah. You get the
0: rope. You do it right. Oh, yeah. Um, no. This you, you... is the
1: discipline. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like the Robert De Niro aspect, I like the idea that Donald O'Connor's brother was the first like method actor, like Robert De Niro um, style stuff, just because of the juxtaposition, but yeah, the idea was you use the rope and pull yourself up the wall when you're running. So the wall would have a rope and you pull it, and it would be easier to do than doing it like yourself in person, which he does. Mm-hmm. because he hadn't done it in years when they were filming it it's
2: surprisingly hard to run up a wall and do a backflip who'd yeah. you think it
0: um, yeah we're not demoing that for the podcast Andrew you'll
2: just hear a crash. <laughs> oh want God, want to try coming out out. One. <laughs> yeah. um, just
0: one time just pick a wall um, <laughs> okay so myself and Grace this will be recording screaming. this episode um,
2: <laughs> so <laughs> Andrew is in a pool of blood.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, turns out those walls are surprisingly solid. Um, Who would have thunk it?
2: <laughs> Andrew was not as flexible as he
3: thought
0: he was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. What about the? closing Broadway number where they spend was it 17 minutes not even the closing Broadway number but it's in the middle of the film where they've shown the screening of the dance the you know the the big dancing Mm -hmm. uh, the, the revised cavalier the dancing cavalier and Gene Kelly's like or sorry Don Lockwood's like by the way I have an idea for a completely unrelated dance number let me tell it to you um, at which point we cut to a, 17, it it, a yeah. 17, No, but he doesn't even demonstrate it, which is which is quite amazing because I'd like to imagine that like while the audience is getting this subjective musical number in which Gene Kelly sort of wanders through this highly stylized Broadway setting, the studio executive Simpson is just standing there hearing Gene Kelly sorry, watching Gene Kelly stare off into space, imagining this, going, Yeah, I can't quite visualize it and because you're really not wrong. saying anything. Yeah. yeah. Because you seem to have just a cloud over your head, uh, which is depicting you in sort of a highly stylized surrounding.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look marvelous, but (laughs) you've said nothing. (laughs) Cosmo
0: hasn't even spoken. There's only so
2: much I can read from your eyes. (laughs) You're very alert.
1: Yeah, you're
3: very
0: very good at communicating with your eyes, but I'm I'm not quite getting it. I can't quite visualize it, but I do. That's a wonderfully surreal sequence. It ran $600,000 to shoot. Jesus. (laughs) it accounted for almost a third of the film's budget and
2: it's a (laughs) load of money back in the day
0: it is and it ran over it ran it ran the film over budget in the end was that the inclusion of that sequence famously stitched into the last minute like the reason that Sid Charisse is there is because Donald O'Connor was under contract to appear somewhere else um, I imagine that they reworked the choreography. It's hard to imagine Donald O'Connor in the role of Sid Charisse. But, um,
2: this movie was way more progressive than we thought. Well, <laughs>
0: Funny you should mention that. You know that the Catholic League of Decency apparently watched the film and only had one complaint, and you can actually see it in the in the final cut of the film. When Sid Charisse wraps her legs around Gene Kelly during the dance number, there's a couple of frames missing um, in sort of like Cinema Paradiso style with the bell ring. They actually had to trim uh. some of the stuff because it was too suggestive.
1: Well, it was quite suggestive. Only quite? Yeah, no, it, it was the most... It was, by, by the, it was the sex, of
2: the time, probably. Yeah, yeah, it was
1: the most sexual moment of, of, of the movie, where he goes to New York, and they're like, well, New York is <laughs> <it's> different. <laughs> <laughs> not, than, like, not, not like wholesome Los not Angeles not like wholesome Los Angeles yeah. exactly
2: where nothing bad ever happens
0: and also I love that when they're in Los Angeles when they're having like their late night like p- past one o'clock in the morning meeting pitching the movie they're eating sandwiches and drinking milk
2: I know <laughs> it's oh that was amazing. so cute it is so no, cute it's like, all that's missing is like this little plate of cookies
1: yeah absolutely and then, and
2: then, then they're like... sitting at a table too there's no like lounging around everyone's just sitting at the table and it's all like laid out in front of them and yeah. this is a very civilised moping isn't it yeah Uh,
1: (laughs) all right my love we're not married now so i'm gonna go home
0: (laughs) and i'm gonna be so happy i'm gonna dance about it yeah
1: there's there's, yeah there's there's there's, the the lovely thing is 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 this was this this was before anyone had ever had had sex Um, before anybody had
0: invented sex 1952
1: this is this is before the late late show popularized it in, 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 in 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 ireland at least um and and it's great that, 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 that well I, I mean there there is the kind of like subtext of it in um but it's like so, so.
0: well the subtext in any musical any. is sex in terms of dancing like dancing is is generally Except a medical La La
2: Land, which is devoid of any kind of anything
0: just in general
2: yeah okay no but also just when you say that i was thinking about like other musicals and how like steamy some of the scenes can get and how like. I know you think about bits like say from The King and I where there's a lot of dancing there's a lot of like staring at each other and it's very you know like it's very it's wholesome but if you think you, about it it's not wholesome you at can all. read
0: the subtext yes. in, in sort of being communicated between the yeah. leaves yeah and
2: then I got a flashback to La La Land and just melted vanilla ice cream that's what that's like
1: Gross. so is, is,
2: is moving on <laughs>
1: the, it's, it's difficult to put my finger on on, 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 on whether it's, it's it's too um um idealized are are not idealized enough it, it's, it's it's you 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 want you want um bah, d- 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 it's okay andrew it's okay la la land is a delightful movie and
0: it's it, it, okay it's, it's, it's a, i like how singing in the rain has turned into a re-legislating this or la la land debate this, is,
2: this has got to stop <laughs> yeah, <this> someday <laughs> we'll be sitting here talking about like i don't know like Dracula or Terminator, yeah. like, like La La Land. <laughs>
0: Let me tell you. Uh, let me tell you about Lalaland. Land. It's like Lala. La Land. How did we
2: get from Dracula to Lala La Land? to be fair
0: it's not not a particularly hard jump to get from Singing in the Rain to Lala and and I mean you can see it's in the same genre yeah and you can see the footprints of it obviously in The Artist is another adaptation of. The Artist is great I really love The Artist we should
2: be talking about The Artist more actually yeah
0: The Artist is one of those films that's forgotten like I mean it's one of the best picture winners that I'm actually reasonably happy with which is great because as soon as a movie wins the best picture Mm -hmm. Oscar it's immediately the worst film ever even if like only 90% of the time it's the worst film ever Mm -hmm. there's a solid 10% where they got it right
2: But people Um, always find a way to criticize it. Like, I remember loads of people talking, like, after Spotlight won Best Picture, for example, I just remember seeing, like, a whole subset of Twitter being like, oh, people are talking about how they're so happy as journalists that, like, Spotlight won Best Picture, but they work at BuzzFeed or something like that. (laughs) And you're like, why? Why is no one ever happy with About anything.
1: anything. (laughs) But my favorite was uh, (laughs) Birdman. This is coming from a person who hated La La Land.
2: There are ways of being happy in this world and La La Land is not one of them.
1: Okay. Join us.
0: Okay. <laughs> Going to disarm this conversation and mention another example that Grace's example made me think of which is Birdman or The the Virtue of Ignorance which is a film oh, that when it was released It's a strange movie. It is a strange movie but that's, that's why winning Best Picture is so great because when it was released everybody was all like oh my god this is such an underdog film it's so out there and radical and it yeah. will never win Best Picture because it's so like transcendent and weird and then it wins best picture it's like that's, oh
1: this oh. that's the voice <laughs> yeah it's one of those guys
3: sorry.
0: yeah buffing on cigars <laughs> talking about movies you know the guys
1: <laughs> let's make the devil's advocate
3: yeah
0: who <laughs> 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 oh, god is an absentee landlord um sorry that was an awkward segue but my point remains that like as soon as as Birdman, which had been like an outsider in a weird film, mm-hmm. won the Best Picture Oscar, you immediately got the response online of "Oh, it's so awful! It's just a movie about movies." I mean, Hollywood just loves this crap. How could you give it an Oscar? And it's the same voices who have been saying how weird and odd and how it would never win and how so strange it is. Your mind, yeah, it mm-hmm. it does.
2: I think like film has that same problem though that that maybe music has and a bunch of other types of art where people appreciate something if they feel like. The sort of lone, unappreciated scholar who who can see the goodness in something that other people are just too stupid to understand, and then as soon as it gets any kind of popular acclaim whatsoever, they're like, oh well, obviously, <laughs>
3: because
2: like otherwise, why would anyone ever like watch it? Yeah, you know, it's too simple and well, easy to understand. Well, you don't want to
0: be part of the chorus; you want to be getting yeah. the solo number. Um, yeah, you know, which is like, why you know, I think but, *Demolition like, Man* is the best movie ever made.
2: I haven't seen Demolition. I actually can't offer any perspective on that. Yeah, it's not the best
0: movie it's ever. Perhaps, made. It's, fantastic, it's, it's but...
1: perhaps the superior of um, the uh, Rob Schneider Sylvester Stallone collaborations. Yeah.
0: Ugh. What do you mean he doesn't know how to use the three seashells? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there's an element of that, and I wonder actually. That's that's the thing about like. Because it seems like these days you can never get a consensus on film in the way that you have about these films, to bring it back to stuff like Singing in the Rain, to bring it back to yeah. the movie we're supposedly talking about. Because this is a film that is universally beloved by, by yeah. absolutely everybody.
1: It doesn't, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, part, part, of, part of that might be that it doesn't kind of maybe take some of the chances. It seems to have a very good balance and restraint in 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 the way it does things because it's it's timeless in in and um kind of speaks to speaks to our own times in 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 the sense that it's um it has these elements of satire but it's timely to the extent that it kind of cuts it off at a certain kind of uh level and that it yeah, knows like it only, what it is it only
2: ever goes so far exactly like just what we were saying earlier at that point where he's like am I a terrible actor you know am I am I no good at this and then they mm. immediately launch into a musical number and nothing further is yeah. said again and yeah. you know well, all of his anxiety and, and, yeah. and his insecurities are just kind of wrapped up a few scenes or
0: even <laughs> like the contracts that actors sign at studios are terrible and give them no creative freedom but that's okay because studio executives don't actually have any power to enforce yeah. these horrible propositions right because yeah, yeah. otherwise they'd be monsters too, yeah uh, there's a bit where yeah the studio executives sort of does a little dance along with Don Lockwood. it's like, let's expose the star who is yeah. one of my biggest earners <laughs> as a fraud. I can't they're, see they're how this
2: way too excited about pulling that curtain. Yeah, I, like you can just see them going. <laughs> yeah,
0: I can't see how this would possibly backfire on yeah. my business um, because I'm a I'm a Hollywood executive and I'm a decent human being.
2: And if we it... exist.
1: <laughs> ah, I'm pretty sure there are. But... So there, there, there's a kind of a patina of drama and um, interior life. And all of those sorts of things that were that were that were kind of used to in in, in our contemporary movies, but it's it's it it's done in a very uh, restrained and kind of balanced way, and it, it, it never kind of comf- um, confuses itself about what it is. Yeah. And 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 I guess that's some of the strength of it because it allows you to look back at it and think, oh, this this is this this is a great kind of artifact. But also, yeah. it, it's still kind of relevant yeah. mm-hmm. at the same time.
0: I like the pitch that, like, singing in the Rain" is just clever enough. It's not too clever for its own good. It's not too wry or too canny, but it's also not dumb. It's also mm-hmm. so it kind of threads the line where it gives you just enough that you will remember it more than you remember other musicals. But
1: yeah, you you imagine that there in that there are intelligent people in it who are who are. Intelligent enough to put in these ingredients, but um, also intelligent enough to be judicious about yeah. their their like application of them. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. no mm-hmm.
0: point at which this is, turns into the player by Robert Altman, for example. Mm. That sort well, of
1: stuff. Like I like movies sometimes that are too kind of smart for their own good. I like I I, I I I like a kind of a a a sort of a. a a challenge or an interesting choice, yeah. Um, but but it it like I say, we we wouldn't be able to make a movie these uh, like 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 this no mm-hmm. today. And 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 I think that that was like some of the kind of well, there were there were all sorts of criticisms of La La Land. But and that we're was, back. But, but that was one. Then we're back. But that was one of the criticisms is is that they were they were they were trying to hearken back to to a um to the kind of MGM musicals and um kind of taking a big um dump on 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 the whole thing and it's like well well you're, like you're you're you 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 can't expect them to just make an, an MGM musical I suppose the closer closest thing we had to that in recent years was like the artist remaking the kind of uh uh, silent movie in, yeah. in black and white and, 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 and in the and aspect
0: ratio and with the mm-hmm. title and, and stuff like that
1: and having that kind of authenticity yeah. I, I haven't seen the artist the artist
0: either. is fantastic yeah. I wholeheartedly mm-hmm. recommend like Grace I think it's massively forgotten and underrated mm-hmm. in large part I suspect because it won the best picture Oscar yeah, um,
2: yeah. and that and also there's probably quite a lot of like uh, commercial audiences that realized it actually is a genuine silent movie and there's no talking (laughs) so i i yeah i because i remember recommending somebody asked me for french film recommendations before and that was one of the ones that i said to them and i was like yeah but it's like a legit silent movie like make sure they know that before you buy it for them because otherwise they'll just be like what's wrong with this like the sound isn't working (laughs) or
0: something (laughs) Well, I mean, but uh, you can
2: just imagine somebody not quite getting music.
0: the concept. It's like, yeah, the color is yes. not on it the aspect ratio. Age, yeah. In
2: fairness, like it's it's probably really unthinkable for for people to imagine a time when having no talking in movies was the norm <laughs> was just accepted. Well, I mean, yeah. is, is there any mood music in it?
0: Well, there is. Yeah, there's yeah, piano there's, music there's no, like, there's in the no same talking, way that there would yeah. be. Yeah, there's the,
1: the thing that confused me about singing in the rain is what is Cosmo. Cosmo's job so why is he there playing a piano <laughs> while they're filming when they're not recording any songs
2: maybe he's it's, a manifestation of of, of what's the living
1: this? embodiment of sound yeah, yeah so they're not singing at this point no they're, they're, they're he's just
0: providing mood music basically yeah. So yeah. ambience <laughs> Um, I like I like how Cosmo's you know Cosmo you have to sense Cosmo's around because Don likes him yeah. in the same way that you have the bit at the start and I think uh, yeah Grace while we were watching it was like stop trying to make Cosmo happen it's in the same way he's like 1927's seven's Ryan Reynolds basically is what Cosmo is oh. he's incredibly talented charming but just can't seem to make the right
1: choices in life yeah but. it's like we're gonna raise your wages. From what they are already, which is a sinecure. You 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 have a, a purely ceremonial role <laughs> on stage because you're you're well liked by 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 by, by the star and it's part of his writer. It's yeah. like you and the Eminem thing. Yeah. Um, so you're just playing piano there. And Whenever totally he normal. feels
0: self-conscious, perform a song uh, of some description. Yeah. yeah. Just get his mind off it. That's your job here, Cosmo.
1: And it's like, is this piano music then going to be in a movie? No, we have an orchestra.
0: <laughs> well you know that yeah, we talked about this and we did the, the general what used to happen was that uh, cinemas themselves would choose the music they would play with silent films I believe um, interesting so then actually like there's a great example a great story about a, a cinema in New York that would have mountains of these old like tunes that they would use and like uh, back in the 80s they went through it with somebody who'd actually played piano in the 20s for these films he's like yep you use that one for like if you had a horse race chariot race thing going on this one's very good for westerns if you've got a love scene maybe working a little bit of this one and it, it's, it's like interesting
2: stock music yeah it, it is it's, back in the day
0: it is and it's fascinating because it's stock music but it's live and it's also like improvised to a certain extent in that well you imagine that they showed the the piano, the pianist sort of the movie a couple of times beforehand but it's kind of fun to imagine him improvising on the first night it's like where is oh. this scene going
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's actually really interesting to imagine a film not having a, a locked soundtrack so to speak musical soundtrack and oh, yeah. and that's whatever kind of Conductor or, or musicians or you the, ended up with on the yeah. night could have such a significant impact in your experience of well, the film.
0: I, well, I mean, when we watch The General, like, The General doesn't have a set soundtrack. It has a soundtrack that was written in 1987 for it, but it also has ones that were written in, like, 2002, 2007. Mm-hmm. Like, it's impossible to recreate the experience of watching The General. Like, that's one of the things about film being subjective.
1: You I, can't... I, I believe it was also... Like, we, we say that, and it is true that, that, that each cinema would uh would perform it themselves but there was also a um, collective telepathic uh consciousness which 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 told them to play the same Music song cues. over and over but for and, and we see examples of, of this in this movie where where lena comes out and and um they say sing a song and it's like oh um Whoa! What song? Uh, singing in rain. It's like, oh, I never heard of it. What key is it in? <laughs> A, A flag. Okay, we can we, play that. We got this. Yeah, we'll just play. That's something. in <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, That's how musicals work. To be fair, like I would absolutely just love to. Have you Have you guys watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and stuff like that? No. It's and I feel like Andrew might actually like this as somebody who liked La La Land and Grace might like it as somebody who didn't like La La Land because it's more cynical and wry. But it's it's basically it's an attempt to recapture this sort of old stagey musical stuff with with like modern music sensibilities thrown in and the idea is the main character has a mental or psychological breakdown that leads her to imagine course, her life
1: because we can't make nice movies these <laughs> days
0: <laughs> that's it exactly it's because you can't have a modern musical without having some sort of weird framework like buffy had demons or was it demons that caused the uh, the once more with feelings sort of oh, thing that i feel like the
2: only person in the universe who hates that episode
0: really how do you feel about hush i love hush okay
2: hush is perfect but Hush I, is I, the I'm silent not, i'm not generally a fan of musicals so when people start singing for no reason which in my opinion <laughs> that episode of buffy i'm like why is this happening you know? how,
3: how do
0: you feel about like we've just been talking about singing in the rain for a good hour and a half i, um, like,
2: I like certain musicals but most of them
0: i feel like that was a curveball no. to throw right there it's like yeah. by the way i hate musicals i feel like
2: i thought this was well known that, that i was not a fan in general of musicals and i could list the ones that i like we're so much faster than the
1: we're, we're going to find out that you buy four or five uh, fan magazines a week, and and, <laughs> and, 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 and that actually you've I mean, seen you see all the, the music. <laughs>
2: Yeah. No, they're yeah. not mine.
0: This is, this is the big reveal, yeah? I'm um, just
2: minding them for someone else. <laughs> so
0: actually, hold on then. As, uh, that's an interesting question. Then As somebody who doesn't like musicals, but who likes Singing in the Rain, yeah. what is the difference between Singing in the Rain and something like, say, Once More with Feeling, apart from like the level of quality and so yeah. But in terms of, say, other musicals, the difference between, say, this and I don't know, An American in Paris, or um, mm-hmm. Meet Me in St. Louis, or...
2: I just find it very frustrating when people start singing when they don't have to. So which in my mind is most musicals. Something I suppose with this film it's easier to suspend disbelief because they're making a, like they they make a conscious plot point at one point of the film to be like we're going to make it a musical. So it feels more like the songs have I don't know have a place in it or something. It's kind of hard to articulate because I've seen a lot of films where like it's going fine and then they start singing and you just think no there's no reason for this to be here and then other ones where it just sort of seems to work and I, I don't really know
0: I like I like Grace's utilitarian think, approach to yeah. filmmaking it's like does it need to be in the movie if not yeah. boom that emotional moment boom that performance boom I
1: think you could eliminate a lot of song songs from 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 this movie oh, from, yeah. for, for 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 further kind of um,
0: well two two songs were well, cut. To
2: be clear, like, there's there's less singing than there is dancing in this. Yes, a dancing but, I can handle.
1: Like to be, to, uh, to be clear, you would have to be a monster to eliminate <laughs> any, any 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 any
0: part of this because movie. Because it's
2: untouchable. And yeah, not be changed
1: exactly. But but if, if 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 you're going on the basis of kind of. Uh, relevance to the to, plot to the the tin <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, the plot which,
0: which mainly exists as a clothesline on which to hang these musical numbers yeah because yeah. again like the movie was reverse engineered from I want to make a movie about my songs
1: yeah yeah. yeah.
2: so the the um, I think the, the problem as well is that like it depends so much on the songs in a musical yeah. like if you don't like the songs and there's a lot of songs and that just don't do anything for me it just gets annoying i'm like you don't need to sit here for four minutes listening to you rubbish on about how in love you are you could just say it get efficient you could just, use like, <laughs> just, you could just use like two lines of dialogue and i wouldn't have to endure this terrible song so yeah
0: yeah, so the music I like
2: are usually ones where I like the songs. Were, were you the kind me. of
0: person who watched Lord of the Rings and said, "Why don't they just get the eagles to fly and drop the ring in Mordor?" No, that saved me 9 <laughs> hours of my life. Thank you very much. 12 with the extended cuts. That's
2: totally different. to
1: have to watch those movies, aren't
0: We, we possibly are. We're, we're going to have to figure that out. I love Anders. That,
2: like that's that's not an endurance.
3: This is uh-oh. <laughs> I love this rings. <laughs>
1: la no la <laughs>
2: um,
0: <laughs> uh, I, I love I love Andrew's occasional surprise at movies that are on the list that we are recording a podcast about. He's like, "Wait, like,
2: what's this doing the, here?"
0: The slow realization of, "Oh my god, I'm going to have to talk about this movie at some point, possibly."
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: well, this... It would have been funny if you you call someone over for a surprise podcast and then play them whatever All of film them. On, on the list is is least likely to be there. So you're sitting there and then like you know the the credits come on and you're like, "Why am I watching?" I don't know, The Help, or, or Inception, or Django Unchained, or something, or, you're like, this is on the <laughs> bloody list.
0: Terminator 2, The Ride at Universal Studios, which was on the list for, I think, two years.
1: That'd be really funny. I was like, what are we doing in Los Angeles? Yeah, <laughs> why, why did we fly over to
0: Universal why do, Studios? I,
1: I, why are we in Orlando? Kind of why,
0: why won't you tell me? Why won't you tell me, Darren? Um, why are we recording a podcast Sorry. next <laughs> to
1: next to Goofy? And he Just like... Um, yeah, you you have us all in hoods like like like, like <laughs> Tied you know, up in here like, like, like you like will in, enjoy this experience. Um, in, guys,
2: where are we going? Like in Batman.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> Like in Batman. <laughs> yeah, it's like why would you shoot him and throw?
2: <laughs> Perhaps he's wondering why you shoot a him
0: man him and him throw him, him out of an airplane. airplane. Exactly. I love pain. I love pain. I remember the
2: first time I saw that in just like the state of Aiden Gillen, and you're just like, why? Why are you here? Why? Why do you sound like that? At least you can talk. It's like, Aiden, <laughs> what are you
0: doing? It would be incredibly painful. You're a big well, guy. You can-, you can take it. <laughs> For you. Uh,
3: for you, I think.
0: But thank you, Andrew. Thank you for that. Um I'm
3: moving swiftly moving
0: on. Moving swiftly on, then. Um, so, Sorry. <laughs> Andrew, you like musicals in general, right? From what I recall. You have a soft spot for musical cinema. Is, the, is this the thing? I don't know. I thought you mentioned this that you had, like, when we were talking about La La Land, yeah, you told yeah, about how you liked, I, I... like, the nostalgic vibe and stuff like that. I mean.
1: Uh, yeah, I. I... I, I like, I, yeah. Like, <laughs> so, like, having asked, I, I do, Grace, I having
0: asked Grace about what about like singing in the rain speaks to her as somebody who doesn't like musicals. I figured talking to somebody who does like musicals and nostalgic cinema. What is it about singing oh, the rain? I'm
1: she- probably not the person that that, she, that like like there is, there is some um, person that that we haven't established to it. Although I feel like we've had guests before who are genuine fans of, of musicals. But if that's the role
2: no, that No, we I'm definitely playing... had some people on the Anniversary podcast who were like, I love musicals, but I hate... Well, Marianne, film, for example. Yeah, Marianne, like yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, I love how this podcast has turned into an extended re-legislation of the debate over La La Land.
2: This is a, a terrible disservice to, it, to, to Singing in the Rain. To Singing in the Rain. We're so sorry. Don't you want my
1: expert view on, on this as as a as 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 <laughs> as, as, as an aficionado? Of, go for it. Of,
0: um, <laughs> I would never stand in your way, Andrew. I I feel like you you go go <laughs> live your dream. Well, Share your vision with the people.
1: I. <laughs> Uh, we'll plead the
0: fifth. I also appreciated the movie's sort of focus on how difficult it is to sound mix as somebody who runs a podcast Mm -hmm. of questionable audio quality on occasion. I was like, yes, big studio movie productions did have the same problems that we do.
2: Yeah, that actually made me think of um, I'd read Sidney Lumet's book recently and um, making movies where he has like different chapters and different aspects of movie making and there's a whole chapter on sound and he goes into like the most minute detail about everything you have to do to get it working properly. And you're like, Jesus, this is, this is tall we'll,
3: we'll Like, you know, there's
2: like the temporary tape and then there's a proper tape and then you have to hand deliver it. And it's like, don't mess it up. And yeah.
1: Now, anyway. now say exactly the same thing, but we're just going to hold the camera a little bit closer. Okay, now we can hear your heart beating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well,
0: boop, boop, boop. That actually happened to Debbie Reynolds while they are recording on the dance because so She had she was mic'd up in a similar fashion, which is a nice case of life imitating art, imitating oh, life or whatever. And the raised
2: heartbeat from all of her dancing too. It will just be
0: like... Are you sure you're okay, Miss Reynolds? Totally fine. We're picking up the sound of faint sobbing from under this piano. No reason.
2: I have no idea where that could be coming from.
1: The scene where her feet are bleeding... Um, I can't picture it. Uh, I, I, I I I can't see it in, in, in uh, on screen. You, you can Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah the Gene
0: wonders Kelly of Hollywood. That, that
2: list of directors who just completely terrorize their cast to get the performances that they that
0: wanted. they wanted. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. That's that's the issue is that we do tend to. And in fairness, on this podcast, we have to a certain extent valorize Wipe the, the smug
2: grin off your face, Gene. Yeah, the yeah.
0: tendency <laughs> to sort of valorize directors who make others suffer for their art,
2: or just but, valorize yeah. directors in general.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. Th- well, this is this is the argument about I'm the I'm
2: a fan of well
0: this is it well this, this predates Auteur Theory obviously by about 10 to 20 years right? because mm-hmm. that would have been a French New Wave thing and <laughs> it Ironic it predate Monsters <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. Gene Kelly did not invent the concept of monsters. No. But um, like this, the argument is that Singing in the Rain is a, essentially a studio auteur piece and that like the studio mm-hmm. is the author because it's obviously it was Gene Kelly and Stanley Dolan directed it. It was based on Arthur Freed's songs. Um, obviously the dance, some of the stuff was improvised by Donald O'Connor. Like it's impossible to put a finger on Sing in the Rain and say this one person is responsible for how the movie turned yes. out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, it's an interesting case study in that regard.
1: And it's a very inside kind of um, studio movie as well. yeah but yeah. well, it's packed
0: full of jokes that are very specific and parodying like specific movies for example like the footage that's used for the Gene Kelly film is actually from an from the Don Lockwood film is actually from an earlier uh, Gene Kelly film that they just took the colour out of and cut the sound out of as well as a bit of a joke and a laugh um, that sort of stuff or even like the, the star personas who are like mocking other ones like um, the character of, of Lamont was supposed to be played by Judy Holliday um, but she had won a best Either as actress or supporting actress Oscar in 1950, and so she was out of their price range and wouldn't take a supporting role. Um, so the actor who got the role eventually won it by doing an impersonation of Judy Holliday, uh, which is, is is one of those wonderful sort of like box within a box within a box recursion sort of stuff that happens in in the film.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, I know Inception. I just blew your mind, Andrew. Um, with that, in mind, yeah, with that in mind, then I guess the only thing that that's really left to do. Um, Is to maybe take a look at the in and out chart. So what's come in and what's gone out of the Iron to be in the past in the last little while since we've done it. Uh, What do you think? Thank you, Andrew. Um, So we we are going to take. So what's come into the list and what's gone out of the list since the last time we've done it? Thor Ragnarok came in, which we covered on on this just in. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Castle in the Sky uh, dropped out as well, which was a bit of a surprise, um, to be honest. Um otherwise there hasn't been much change in the list apart from films that came in in 2017 are dropping rapidly.
2: Dunkirk has dropped seven places.
0: Yep, Dunkirk is at 100. I think it is currently the lowest ranked Christopher Nolan film on the list. That's
2: actually kind of a, that makes kind sense. Of a surprise. I feel I feel
1: like out of Nolan movies I I I'd rank like even 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 Dunkirk
2: the... isn't a very very Nolan movie as Mo- Nolan movies. No, 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 it's not. we well, say well, immediately I mean, after I mean, it is it is. <laughs> I
0: mean it is, but it is yeah. there are auteurs as, but but as Nolan movies but no, go not,
2: it's not the most Nolan not movies not every
0: director is <laughs> well, an auteur and not every movie is an auteur piece but I think Nolan movies are distinctly with the exception of Insomnia Nolan movies
1: it's the most Nolan um, uh, uh, like if, if you were to make a Dunkirk movie this would be the most <laughs> Nolan <laughs> Dunkirk <laughs> movie you can make gee fancy that yeah. um, and the, 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 the while, while, while I thought it was great uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would kind of like push it uh, down the list.
0: Yeah, well, I, it think,
2: it, I think I'd rank it above some of his other ones because, like, I, I wasn't like, I didn't think it was spectacular. I mean, like, as a, as a technical achievement, everything else, yes, and the, the set pieces and everything else are great. But like, a lot of what stands out for me about it is that there's the things that he's usually really crap at that really hamper my enjoyment of his films, like. The crappy dialogue and the length of them and the questionable approach to characters of certain genders um, wasn't really in this, which let me enjoy it more. But then other things from his films, like the completely needless narrative tomfoolery isn't there. So (laughs) yeah, mm, swings around (laughs) about
0: it. Take what you will. And La, La Land has also dropped six places as well. It's currently at one eight one. Currently yeah. number six. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> on Andrews, on Andrews two fifty. A uh, Wednesday has dropped significantly as well. Um, and yeah, we're seeing a kind of a, a readjustment of the list, basically. So we're seeing stuff that like came in recently that is dropping sharply as well.
1: Listeners at home, if you can just imagine a whole lot of numbers, can can they, they
3: visualise it? Is the question uh,
0: dropping? I can believe the pianist
2: is that high up? Yeah, it, it's, it's and yet.
0: <laughs> and yet it is good old Roman Polanski um, speaking of monsters making movies um, and then yeah, Blade Runner 2049 has also dropped two places as well for example so there is this sense of interesting enough I think Hacksaw Ridge has remained uh, perfectly stable I think they're showing
2: is, up on Netflix at some point this month so maybe we can finally watch it <laughs> and, and have then we we'll actually a have some, opinions on have Hacksaw, a, Hacksaw Ridge
1: I've always wanted to watch Hacksaw Ridge I've heard it's really good and then everyone will watch it and be like
2: wait a second again also directed by monsters yes
0: monsters? also speaking of, of movies that are directed we us just
2: mon- do a whole podcast on monster directors
0: um, alright well with that in mind then we'll sort of segway into the last thing the last sort of aspect where we will ask grace as our guest To pick the movie that we will cover uh, next week. Ooh! Now, Grace, you have a choice to make. um, By
1: next week, we mean...
0: (laughs) Well, whenever... uh, Yeah, this is going to be coming out in the middle of uh, Oscar season, probably. So there'll be a lot of movies coming into and out of the list. So this will be the next regularly scheduled episode we'll be covering the movie in question.
1: This will be right after Harry Potter 9. Yes. Um...
0: Which is, which is apparently happening no it's not that the, was pottering. A, that, uh, <laughs> the pottering the
1: pottery I would actually really like to see Harry. I'd like to see Harry, <laughs> Harry Potter at home yeah pottering, pottering
2: about it would be funny pot- if, if, if somebody picked it up and thought it was about like somebody who made pottery yeah. and then they're like wait a minute the
0: pottering though sounds like a horror movie just with the like the the and the definite article it's like the pottery. everybody remembers where they were when the potter pottering happened
1: you
2: know it, it has that sort of turns feel. people into
1: pots yeah or
0: or like harry potter's wand goes crazy and starts turning people into pots <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs>
1: when his wand goes crazy is this harry potter um, <laughs> Um, I don't, don't even finish that don't, yeah okay. <laughs> okay thank you Andrew
0: for um, that uh, just
2: trail off there
0: okay but anyway Grace as our guest we're going to give you an option you can choose if you want to subject us to to add the bottom 100 films of all time onto the list so you know you can say basically you'll randomly select a number between either 1 and 250 or minus mm-hmm. 100 and 250 so your choice. Do you want to add the bottom 100 into the mix for random selection next week?
1: You you'll be subjecting both of us to it, so not not just to, and and we both liked La La Land. Um, oh, so I hold it you, against you. Thanks guys. for throwing that in there. Sure. So so you you. you uh, th- that would be your opportunity to to to, <laughs> to, to,
2: exact to A
0: horrific okay, vengeance. so
2: so do I pick a number or pick an actual film? well
0: no don't? No no, 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 no. You just um. So well, first of all, do you want to add into the mix, and then we'll we'll crank oh, up the random okay. number generator. So do you want to add the bottom one hundred into the mix? Oh, or yeah, do? Okay. Obviously. All okay. All right. But there's more well,
2: interesting films in the bottom one hundred than the top one hundred half the time.
0: Interesting. So wait, wait,
1: let's just insert the the shelf of um, terrible the 100 movies. Terrible movies in into the generator.
2: Results: one hundred and thirty-three.
1: Random for some. Run oh. one tree tree. We've,
0: it's actually we've already seen this one, unfortunately. Oh,
2: you've already done. We've this We've already one? covered
0: this one. Okay. This is only the second time. Well, no, it's not. It's it's precisely one time <laughs> <Almost precedented>.
2: unprecedented.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Last time it happened was with Leon. One hundred and
2: fifty-six.
1: This is going to happen a lot soon. <laughs> i was
0: about to say like you yeah that is how numbers work unfortunately. Um, so the more that we see.
2: Gran Torino.
0: Interesting. Oh, so
2: close to getting down with
0: the wind. Yeah, so God. close. Uh, so close. So let's take a look at the trailer then for Gran Torino. And again, I haven't now. seen Gran Torino. You
2: haven't seen Gran Torino? I, know. I feel like I should have seen it. But
1: it, was, I have not. it was a uh, It was a Mooney family Christmas movie. I haven't seen it in its entirety. Because I, wa- <laughs> I was watching it. And then somebody came in and said, what's this? I said, if you wanted to know, you shouldn't have been there to the start of the movie. Now you just come in halfway through the movie.
0: You're like I a little kid. No, You're like a little kid who <laughs> wanders into a movie. Anyway, here we go. And, you,
1: and, and then I just left. <laughs> come here, girl.
3: Stop! Let go!
1: What you looking at, old man?
2: Ever knows how you come across somebody once in a while you, you shouldn't have messed with?
3: That's me. Are you crazy, man. Get out of here, man.
2: Dad, you worked hard your whole life. Maybe it's time you started thinking about taking it easier. These places are nothing like what you'd think they'd be. They're great.
3: Kicking us out on his birthday. I told you this was a bad idea. What the hell these Chinese have to move in this they rode for?
2: Dorothy mentioned specifically that it was her desire for you to go to confession. And I confess that
3: I have no desire to confess
2: to a boy that's just out of the seminary. the police. I prayed that they would show up, but nobody answered. Why are you bringing me all this garbage, anyway? Because you saved how? I didn't save anybody. You're a hero to the neighborhood. I'm not a hero. We're having barbecue. You want to come over? We've got beer, too. I might as well drink with strangers. Those guys were here the other night. What about them? Just a gang. It here's Zeal. You stay away, because if I have to come back here again, it's gonna be ugly.
3: What was it like to kill a man? You don't want to
2: know. Tao and Sue are never gonna find peace in this world, as long as that gang's around. What are you gonna do, Walt?
3: Whatever it is, they won't have a chance.
2: that. Yeah, so I am the
0: only person on this podcast who's seen that movie the whole way through. I
2: know how
1: through. it
2: ends though. Somebody ruined the ending for me. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not going to ruin the
1: ending here. I'd no? <laughs> yeah, be a really passive-aggressive podcast guest. I feel like I've also seen the ending. The trailer um, If um It's very if, informative. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's if, the, if you do want to see the movie before next week's podcast, watch the trailer. And it'll give you most of
0: the information.
1: And it's and it's slightly uh, shorter.
0: Slightly shorter. It does, however, um, it does that... It, it is, seems to me much. to be a misleading... Like, yeah, it seems to be a misleading trailer, though, as well. Because it's selling, I think, a very different movie than what you get. In that, like, if you were to watch this trailer, you'd think it's Death Wish with Dirty Harry. Uh, when the movie is, like... You know, a little bit Death Wish with Dirty Harry, but it's more like growing old in America and being angry and resentful
1: and well, little is, racist. This is a Dirty Harry movie. This is not
0: a Dirty Harry movie. Well, we'll talk about that, mean, that next week. But is
1: like
2: close to saying, "Do you feel lucky, punk?" That's,
1: that's the way a lot of people have described it. Is Dirty Harry kind of grows up? And they, they,
0: they... You make it sound like a series of children's books. It's like, well, what will Dirty Harry do this week? Get Dirty, let
2: slightly bigger gun. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dirty Harry goes to Washington.
1: Dirty Harry goes to prison. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was Escape from Alcatraz.
1: <laughs> dirty Dirty Harry in Space. Yeah.
0: That uh, was my personal favourite.
1: But no, I, I feel like well, there is one of them, isn't there? Yeah, I'm trying to
2: think yeah, of the name of it well, there's Space S- Cowboys. Space that's Cowboys, that's Cowboys them,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. When you say Dirty Harry, are you just mean Clint Eastwood? Yeah. Okay, just so they're we're
2: interchangeable. Clear
0: on they're not really interchangeable. <laughs>
1: crossover movies <laughs> yeah, as well. Did you have to watch Space Cowboys? I
0: did, I like Space Cowboys.
2: It I like like a, like a bit of fun and. I like I Tommy like Clint Eastwood yeah, it too, it. right? Yep. Yeah. So and go the, old. They have same this... same age as Clint Eastwood. Surely Clint Eastwood is ancient these days. Well, nobody's
0: the same age as Clint Eastwood. Like Clint Eastwood. Nobody's
2: the same age as Kirk Douglas. And then there's yes, Clint and then yeah. So that's, so that's how we go <laughs> out in the hierarchy. It's like we're
0: carbon dating. It's like these actors were old when Singing in the Rain was oh, released.
2: Really right. Except yeah. Olivia De Havilland
0: is the same age as. as Kirk oh, she is
2: actually. Yeah. Oh, possibly a few months older than.
1: America. At some point, you're the you're you're, you're the oldest. <laughs> and, That's how and, celebrity and works, like, yeah. Bob Hope. You're you're the oldest celebrity. Okay. You're, no, you're you're. What happened to the last guy? He do not want to you're, know. You're, you're, you know
2: who's surprisingly old Sean Connery? I was watching The Rock oh. last weekend, and we looked it up, and he's literally like eighty-seven or something.
0: Well, he has stopped and acting. Think,
2: oh, okay.
0: Well, he has stopped acting, and there were like rumors that he's
2: on But I didn't think he was that old.
0: Well, like there there are like when he was Bond, he was forty, right? And I mean, there... he was
2: sixty-six in The Rock. Whew.
0: guess i'm losing my sex appeal um sorry there, we're not doing the rock there will not be awful sean connery impressions mm-hmm. next week but um no i, I, I do feel like the, the grand torino trailer does the movie a slight disservice in that it promises dirty harry as an oap and the movie is not quite that Grim. okay so with that in mind then grace where can we find you
2: you can find me on twitter at pixie grace
0: andrew
1: as uh, A-Q-U-I-N-N-I-U-Q-A on cool. Twitter.
0: Perfect. And you can follow the 250. At the 250, you can find us on Stitcher, on iTunes. Uh, we may also have a website up the 250.com. Yeah.
1: And uh, if um, if if you enjoyed the 250 and and you want more episodes, uh, visit your local library and um and just 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 inquire they'll, they'll be able they'll to... be able to point you in the
0: right direction exactly I don't know. well thank you very much guys take it easy and see you next week bye
2: laters
3: Singing in the rain, you're singing in the rain What a glorious feeling, I'm happy again I'm laughing at clouds so dark up above The sun's in my heart and I'm ready for love Let the stormy clouds chase Everyone from the place Come on with the rain I have a smile on my face I walk down the lane With a happy refrain Just singing, singing in the rain